here we go. You are listening to Tuesday's Law and Gospel on this February the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. And I know you're expecting to hear Pastor Mark Smith and myself, Tom Baker, talk about the hymn for this coming week. However, Pastor Smith is on assignment, and so we're going to postpone the hymn for tomorrow's broadcast. But today I received an email from the Siberian Lutheran Mission Society. This is a group of folks that help support mission activity, uh, particularly with the Lutheran Seminary in Novosibirsk. Now, Novosibirsk actually means New Siberia. I had the privilege years ago of teaching there for about four weeks. This was a group of Russians who were becoming pastors in the Lutheran church. So every time I taught, of course, I had to be translated, and I had someone there who would translate what I was saying into Russian. Well, they had a death there in the Siberian Lutheran mission, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, First of all, the email begins, Dear Beloved in Christ, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. When the early Christians gathered in the catacombs, they were not necessarily hiding from oppressive authorities, they were gathering around the bones of those who would rise on the last day upon Christ's return. They wanted to be close to their loved ones and the saints who had gone before them. That is why the Sanctus is sung following the proper preface to the liturgy of the Holy Sacrament. Every divine liturgy, as well as every Christian burial, is a testimony of faith in the resurrection of the dead. However, when a beloved priest, pastor, deacon, or father in the faith is taken from us to be with the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we are saddened. We weep for ourselves. Their example of living by faith their skill in teaching the faith, their confidence in the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting is put on full display for all to see as we remain on this side of the resurrection, holding on to the promise. Yet, the resurrection promise is not an empty promise. The promise gives us hope, and hope gives confidence. Hebrews 10.23, let us lay hold to the confession of our hope without wavering, because the one who made the promises is reliable. So that's the first part of the email. And what's so beautiful about it, it indicates a proper distinction between law and gospel. The people are not hopeful just because of the works 
of the person who died, but because of the promises of Jesus Christ. So now they talk about the person who died in Novosibirsk. Deacon Vadim, that's V-A-D-I-M, served in the parish of St. James the Apostle in Novokusenek. He died unexpectedly. The Siberian Evangelical Lutheran Church issued this statement concerning the death of Deacon Vadim. Deacon Vadim at eternal rest. This is a terrible time in which we live. It seems that death surrounds us from all sides, invades our life, and constantly accompanies us, so much so that we certainly must have gotten used to it by now. But we cannot. We can't get used to death. She catches us by surprise every time. She seems to pick us off one by one, seeming to choose why only the best people. I do not know why it is so. I have no answer to the question, why? And so all I can do is believe, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We all are given to believe, not abstractly as pagans believe, but believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. We can strive to go where he is present to save, to the church, to the altar. Father Vadim had a long path to Christ and to the church, but the grace of God led him and brought him, and he came and became a pious parishioner and was ordained into the diaconate. He proclaimed the gospel to those who were near and who were far, and many through him learned about our Savior. Many followed him into the church. The gospel and the church were the greatest treasure for Father Vadim himself. And the most important thing that I will remember about him, and I still remember, is how he always aspired to the church, how he served the church. How many Christians in the world are striving to Christ with all their might? How many parishioners do we have in our parishes who are striving to church with all their might? In other words, for how many is the gospel, the liturgy, the Eucharist, the main treasure? If only, oh, if only, we all loved the Eucharist as much as Father Vadim loved it. And the Lord said, truly I say to you, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. This is his word, and he will not deny his words. Amen. Now, the letter goes on talking about Pastor Timothy Quill. He's affiliated with the Fort Wayne Seminary, and as you know, I had uh, retired from mission at the church I was at for 28 years, 
and joined with the Concordia Mission Society. Pastor Quill helped us quite a bit in doing mission work in Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan, and he still continues with that work. Timothy Quill, who is General Secretary of the International Lutheran Council, he also writes concerning Deacon Vadim. Deacon Vadim was blessed to share in two vocations. As a medical doctor, he would have known what it means to tell people, I'm so very sorry, but there is nothing more I can do. Then, as a deacon, he could tell them, but there is so much I can do, and he proceeds to distribute Christ through his eternal life-giving word and through the medicine of immortality. Deacon Vadim was ordained on December the 4th, 2016. He continued to serve in both his secular vocation as a doctor and as a deacon in the church until the day his Lord claimed him to join the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven before the throne of the Lamb. Please pray for the parishioners of St. James, the Apostle Parish, and Bishop Vezolod Litkin, who mourn the loss of their beloved deacon, and for the clergy of the Siberian Evangelical Lutheran Church as they travel long distances to serve parishes during the approaching winter. And then he gives indications of how donations may be given to the Siberian Lutheran Mission Society. Thank you for your support of Siberian Lutheran Missions through this particular group. And then peace is at the end, and it is Daniel Johnson, who is the chairman of the Siberian Lutheran Mission Society, who wrote this. Now, we too in the United States are grieving over the loss of the chairman of Concordia Mission Society, the Reverend Lawrence Bergdorf, as God took him from this veil of tears to be with him. And we look forward to that day when we can join also with Pastor Bergdorf. But during this time, we are in the process of electing a new chairman for Concordia Mission Society, and we'll have more information about all this in our item called Glad Tidings. That is a newsletter put out by Concordia Mission Society, and the society has recently voted to send funds to the Siberian Lutheran Mission Society. And at this point, I believe the amount is $250,000. That's because the seminary in Novosibirsk is really needing funds to keep on going. 
And so they have a plan on doing that. I, as I said, years ago, had the privilege of visiting the Siberian Lutheran Mission Society Seminary in Novosibirsk. There were a number of pastors already there, and it was really wonderful to hear about the good news that Jesus Christ was making known through these pastors. I taught at the seminary, and law and gospel was what I was teaching them. And I remember I got the impression from the first few days of teaching them that they believed the distinction between law and gospel was actually a figment of imagination by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. But by God's grace, I was able to continue with Bible verses and examples from the Bible. And by the time I left, four weeks later, they had acknowledged that law and gospel was the proper way to preach the message of Jesus Christ. We need to remember that a lot of people from other areas are unaware of law and gospel because those are two teachings in the Bible that are both teachings of God but have different purposes. The law is used by God in the church primarily to show us our sin. In fact, we talk about SOS, show our sin. Now, why would God want us to show our sin? Well, I I was unaware that the deacon who died was a doctor. But you know what doctors do? They show you the cause of your illness. And, And that's what the law does. It shows us the cause of our discomfort in this world. And that's because of our sin, where our only motivation is self-interest from Jesus Christ about, wow, I love doing these things because I'm thinking about myself. The gospel is the treatment that God gives to those who recognize themselves as sinners, repent of their sins, and then hear the blessed message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a photograph that we'll be putting in glad tidings of the deacon preaching to a number of people about the salvation of Jesus Christ. There are children there, there are adults, and there is, of course, a cross. If if you would like to have Glad Tidings, it's a free publication. All you need to do is write me, Tom Baker, and you can either write me, there's an address you can hear at the end of the program, and Glad Tidings will be sent to you at no cost. And it details what is happening 
in those countries where funds from Concordia Mission Society are being used to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have such a need for it. So those funds are used at the seminary, and if their plan comes to fruition in raising sufficient funds, then the seminary will be able to continue its work. Some of the students at that seminary actually attended the seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they learned quite a bit. And we support when they do various seminars in Novosibirsk, in Siberia, in Kazakhstan, in Kyrgyzstan. These are Muslim countries, but there isn't quite the danger that you find in other countries. For a long time, Concordia Mission Society supported two medical vans and people from those countries could go and get health care. We also would hand out various religious tracts and they were all about Jesus Christ and what he had done for these people. Now, Many of them, during the time of communism, had become Christian, but they worshipped in their closets because the authorities would arrest them if they knew that they believed in the Christian faith. And that was a real burden. When the wall came tumbling down, then there was more of an opening for Christian pastors to teach the message of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, there were some so-called Christian denominations that had gone into the area, and they were very legalistic. That means telling people what they had to do in order to be saved. And the Russian Orthodox Church was not very happy with them. In fact, during my stay in Novosibirsk, I was asked to do a seminar at the University of Tomsk, T-O-M-S-K. It was a long bus ride that I was on and went up there. And I gave a lecture at the university. And I was told there were a number of people from the Russian Orthodox Church who were there to see what would I say about their religion? Would I be like others who would deny what they were teaching? Well, I made the point that no, this was the Russian Orthodox Church, a Christian organization. And I really talked about all these similarities between Christianity and the Russian Orthodox Church. And I was complimented by people at the University of Tomsk. In fact, I was told that I was the first Lutheran in that city for quite a few years. I think it was like 300 years. And 
what has happened is that we now have a congregation there and it is growing because the message of Christianity crosses all barriers. It crosses the barriers between, as Paul says, Jew and Gentile, male or female, slave or free. And in crossing those barriers, it helps people to see their need for a savior. And Christianity is the only religion that has God becoming a human being to pay for the sins of ourselves. And we also have with us, of course, the Holy Spirit. It's really been amazing to me where I will be teaching like in Nova Sibirs and be talking about what I feel is very important. And guess what? People change their minds, or I should better say, people have their minds changed and now believe what I say because we use the Bible verses to underscore the teaching that we are all born as sinners, deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our sins have been paid for. Heaven is our home. And therefore, even in the midst of all the problems that are occurring and we are experiencing around us, we have an assurance and a comfort of the promises of Jesus Christ. All the promises of Jesus Christ are really important to help people come to a proper understanding of what we are all about. And so we mourn the death of those who have died, not only in the Siberian society, and that's the deacon, but also in our area, where not only Pastor Burdorf, but others in Concordia Mission Society who are part of the board have fallen asleep in Jesus. I'm thinking of the treasurer, James Nachstadt. He fell asleep. Also the secretary, Gary Quick, who fell asleep, and others. And so therefore we are re... Well, how shall I put this? We are really putting together a group with some new people. And already the society has agreed to have, and I'm talking about Concordia Mission Society, to have Daniel Johnson on our board because of his understanding and his influence overseas and to give us advice as to how to do what is necessary in order to bring the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to many. And so it's sad that God took from the midst of the Siberian Lutheran Mission Society the deacon, but he is now where he would trade nothing to come back 
because of the bliss he is experiencing and knowing that soon all of us will be with him, either through our death or particularly through the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ if the last day were to occur prior to our dying. Thessalonians talks about that, that those of us who are still alive on earth at the last judgment will meet with those who have been already buried in the clouds of the air to be taken into an eternal rest with Jesus as our Savior, where there will be great bliss forever and ever. In fact, we can't even think of how to describe eternity because it never will end. That is a message that we want to have other individuals know about. And that's why Concordia Mission Society continues its work. And that is why if you want a copy of Glad Tidings for free, email me at lawngospel at lawngospel101.com. I'm Tom Baker, and tomorrow, as I indicated, we're going to be talking with Mark Smith about a hymn that we are using during this time, namely the Lenten time and perhaps the second Sunday of Lent. Until tomorrow then, continue to pray for the work of missionaries throughout the world as they proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Until tomorrow then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.